Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Tina Horn, and this is Interrobang. Interrobang is the bonus segment of my Wire People Into That podcast. Follow at Tina Horn Sass or at Tina Horn's Ass, if you're nasty, on Twitter and Instagram. Visit wirepeopleintothat.com. Support my show and get extra shit at patreon.com slash Tina Horn. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N. Maisha, what's up? Hey, uh, a lot. Uh, yeah, what, so, what is what is up? Well, uh, I am here in Brooklyn with you today because uh, we, we got introduced by Justine McClellan, who's producing the show now. Big props to Justine. And um, I'm really excited to be here with you because we're doing this kind of tradesy podcast guesting thing. Uh, and I'm on my way to Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit. So there, there's a lot going on. Awesome. Um, and uh, so the show that you're referring to is Down for Whatever. That's right. Which is your sex podcast. I have to say there's a lot of sex podcasts out there. Um yeah. And uh, yours is among my faves, um, partially because I feel like a lot of sex podcasts um, just like have sex in the title. Um, and then there's just not that much knowledge or um, uh, anything really like interesting or new being talked about um, on the shows and down for whatever interviews. I mean, I always know that... Um, that I'm excited about a sex podcast where the people who are being interviewed, I'm not already familiar with, but that they sound cool and interesting yeah. uh, and like credentialed and shit. So mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's one of the things that I love about your show. I'm like, how do I not know this person? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so can you, can you, uh, tell, um, I'm sure that there are wired people into that fans who are also down for whatever fans. For sure, for sure. And right now they're like, you know, brains are exploding um, at this crossover. <laughs> um, but um, there might be, I'm sure of the people who are listening to this show right now who haven't heard of Down For Whatever, I'm sure if they like Wire People Into That, they would like Down For Whatever. I so think can that's you, true. How, how, do you, how do you describe your podcast? Yeah, I describe it as a sex positive podcast where the interviews are focused on real people and their real exp- experiences with dating sex and relationships awesome so uh in in creating the show i wanted to basically provide a platform for the stories of people whose stories don't get told 
And that cool. included, you know, along the way, my own story and, mm-hmm. and kind of revealing that through through the podcast. But um, yeah, the very first guest was someone that was was referred to me. I was in grad school, so I didn't have um, a community of of folks that were involved in the sexuality community, you know, in that time. So yeah. it was basically through referral and and my friends that I, I thought had really interesting takes on love and sex and dating and we're doing things differently or doing things that we just don't hear about even if they're super common yeah um so that fascinated me and I was like you know I want to provide this platform for those types of stories that's really important and they need to be really diverse I want Mm. all kinds of diversity all kinds of experiences and and that's what I've gotten cool so yeah what are um what are some of your favorite episodes or people that you've interviewed? It's hard to pick. One that jumps into mind, though, is one I, I'm kind of circling back to all my guests, um, actually, like yesterday and today, to try to help uh, promote the show. And um, so I reached out to one of my earlier guests, who's a friend of mine, and his episode um, is called Dating Tips for Overthinkers. Mm. And um, it's my friend Michael Levitin, and he, uh, you know... I th- for being a straight white man, <laughs> um, what he has to say is really interesting because he is so earnest. And the reason that I brought him on the show was because he, it, this man has actually been on This American Life. Um, wow, cool. And he talks about how in his family and how he grew up, like, honesty was everything. Mm. And to, to a point that it was, you know, probably, like, really emotionally challenging, you yeah. know. Um, but having that upbringing and trying to translate that into your dating life where, um, culturally we're expected to cultivate mystery Oh my God! Totally. and, you know, never let on that you're too interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was just growing up in that really fucking confused Yeah, because that wasn't his family dynamic. And he felt very confident saying, you know, his truth Yeah, and then being met with so many, um, Rep, like just bizarre messages and to the point where he has had to teach himself how to do what everyone else in the world does in order to have any amount of success in I relate to that so hard <laughs> so hard. you're very earnest also yeah. yeah well I mean I yeah yeah I yeah. I am and I um I literally don't like mystery. I mean, I like mystery stories, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't like, um, I, I, I'm not turned on by that. I'm not, I'm not like, like, I don't like chase people who are withholding. Um, so I don't, I don't like, and I don't like doing it. Um, but yeah. it's, but it's hard, you know, because it's not necessarily a bad thing that people want that. Like as long as it's reciprocal and um, ethical. Yeah. 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 I I found that, that episode really fun. Um, And I've, I've, uh, he has a, a a show in New York called the tell. Oh, cool. It's a storytelling thing. So I've done um, an episode for, for him as well so cool. yeah uh another one that i really enjoyed was interviewing a couple that is into um puppy and furry play awesome and that's also a really popular episode um 
that is called uh, a pup named Romeo. Cute. Um, Jeff Rar and a pup, pup named Romeo. And um, Jeff Rar is a, a dinosaur persona. Oh, my that God. That my guest uh, Jeffrey has. Oh, my God. Dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaur. <laughs> I have to tell you, I don't. I think I have heard of that before, but I don't. I, I don't know if I've heard about it that extensively. I also don't know if I've ever met someone who identifies as a dinosaur yeah. or who is into dinosaur play. But it makes sense as any extension of any kind of animal play. Um, and it makes sense because people really like dinosaurs. They do. What do you think dinosaurs represent or bring out in people? I guess I should listen to the episode. Well, I think with what what my understanding of any sort of, um, I mean, it's hard to say, to, to overgeneralize, but cosplay, costume play, yeah. or, or, or dressing up particularly as an animal, I think they're... It really just to me ignites that sense of play. Absolutely. And and I think when you think about how intensely you, when you meet a kid and they are so into dinosaurs and they t- can tell you like every species of dinosaur and every um, you know what they eat, what their diet is, where they live, you know yeah. that sort of thing. Um, there's this this kind of incredible uh, obsessiveness with something that no longer exists and that you can actually like wrap your brain around like you can kind of get to the meat of it and it's and it's I don't know there's something also playful about that yeah Um, you're right I don't know if I've ever really thought about it this way but dinosaurs and we can try to figure out how this is related to sex (laughs) but dinosaurs (laughs) I was thinking that too I was like huh but okay but 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 dinosaurs are an interesting blend of realism and fantasy right because in a sense a dinosaur captures the imagination in the way that a dragon or a a a a griffin or a unicorn or a fairy uh might yep um in the sense of uh being uh you know an otherworldly creature but it dinosaurs were of our world Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see sort of like echo evolutionary echoes of them in reptiles and birds, as we have learned first from Jurassic Park and then science, which caught up to Jurassic Park. And, uh, yeah, but also the idea that like, if there were dinosaurs now, would they clash with like, can dinosaurs and humans coexist? Right. Yeah. What does it? What is it like to um, approach a T-Rex that, yeah. um, you know, might might be really hungry? Mm, powerful. And powerful. Or, you know, who who is, is also feeling in a playful mood? Yeah, maybe. You or know? Like, or, yeah, or like velociraptors are so, like, stealthy and they, like, work in packs. I'm, like, really <laughs> trying to think. But, but, but yeah, so I, you know, and it's funny because a lot of animal play that I encounter um, and maybe even participate in is very mammal focused. And I think that that's also Hmm. really interesting that I feel like I know more people who identify as or like to play as dogs, cats, 
ponies. Um, yeah, which is why, you know, mostly it's referred to as furry play, right? That's because right. Because that, you know, the plush. Right. foxes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pox, Bears, pox obviously. Really, yeah. Uh, popular. But yeah, I think um, that idea resonates um, for someone who's an outsider of that community. Just, I mean, it, it makes sense to me because of um, the tactile element of it. Um, and, and, and from what I know, like Jeffrey doesn't dress as a dinosaur. He might. He might now. He might have. He they were, they had someone. He and his partner had someone in their lives who custom built a lot of their costumes. Cool. Um. So at this point, there may be a dinosaur costume in their lives, but um, at that point, I don't think he he had one. Uh. But you don't think of dinosaurs as being all that cuddly and um, mm. caressable. Uh. I have actually really enjoyed the times that I have held alligators. Yeah. Totally. I find yeah. them really fun to hold and stroke okay so (laughs) (laughs) what's next on your list (laughs) i don't know i'll have to think about that well that's cool i love that we like sort of um stumbled backwards into why are people into dinosaurs um um so awesome well i can't uh wait to hear what um my listeners think of your podcast um and in addition to having a podcast you also have a thriving sex coaching career that's right yeah i'm a certified sex coach and i studied through well first i have my master's in psychology which i got um from the new school here in new york um shout out to new school for social research totally and uh after completing that i was like okay what's next i could go on and become a therapist and then go through the asect training to Mm. become a sex therapist but that was like a lot more money and many more years and i was just like god damn it i want to get into the room with people and talk about their sex lives and help them because that's what i'm called to do yeah so um, I had a call with uh, Dr. Patty Britton, who's the, the mother of sex coaching and cool. founded Sex Coach You. And she was like, you know, no pressure, but this could be this could be what you need, you know, based on what you've already done and, and where I can see you want to go. Sex coaching gives you the framework to work as an independent, you know, business owner, as a coach. And it also gives you the sexological training that you need. So understanding yeah um, anatomy um going through a SAR which is a sexual attitudes restructuring oh cool um very very cool you watch porn in a room with people cool um talk about your feelings um and uh yeah and just like a very thorough background in what the common concerns are that a person would have who seeks out a sex coach yeah so you get all of that with the training and then you become certified like myself Fantastic. I, you know, sort of related to what I was saying about your podcast, I feel like I see a lot of people out there going by the my least favorite portmanteau in the history of portmanteaus, which is sexpert. Mm. Um, and a lot of people doing coaching um, who don't necessarily have any credentials yes or qualifications or maybe even experience um and while i want us to remain critical of institutionalized gatekeeping around knowledge especially around mental health especially around sexuality um sometimes it's a little 
frustrating to me to see um, people out there calling themselves sex experts, even just in the sense that I'm like less concerned that they are. I mean, I'm concerned that they're spreading disinformation, um, uh, but also there's like so many different perspectives and things to talk about with sexuality and a lot of the institutionalized knowledge is wrong, um, even today, um, and also like recently in history, very, very backwards. Um, but I guess I'm like more on a personal level, like frustrated that like the 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 like field is like being diluted or like what it means to maybe like have a lot of experience and expertise in giving people sex advice or um or being a coach or um making media around sexuality that it is like getting diluted by all of these people who are just like and now I'm a sex expert yeah so I really appreciate that you um have really devoted yourself to doing all of that training and um and it seems like people are really responding to it yeah i you know i recommend sex co- sex coaching for everyone um you don't have to be in a crisis mm. to seek out a sex coach and i work with people around dating as well so um it's it's something that feels very natural to me and the coaching framework is something that that gets a lot of hate um, mm. from you know from folks that were in my psychology program for instance that yeah. see the only true way to to affect change um, on an individual level as going on to get you know a clinical degree right. uh, a PhD or a PsyD or msw and you know i've explored all of those things and um they they weren't right for me personally uh from where i was for for where i was in my life but uh i think the mixture of having the masters in psychology understanding uh for instance yeah um developmental psychology and um the new school is great about having a basically preaching uh against pathologizing cool so it went very well with this idea of sex coaching which is non-pathologizing you'll never hear me say i have a a client who's a sex addict Mm. or a porn addict awesome i'm that's that's not how i approach it i'm i i definitely love for my clients to identify themselves to me um but but i do try to work against some of the um the verbiage that gets commonly thrown around that makes people feel like shit for having certain kinds of behavior patterns or preferences. Um, and not in a way that actually helps them to exactly like achieve whatever they want to yeah. achieve. Yeah. 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 Every single person is coming with a specific goal, whether it's, you know, um, to explore things that they have had a lot of fear and anxiety around exploring. Mm. Um, those are fun clients. <laughs> uh, or they're really in a state of, of crisis, like, um, you know, folks that are in relationships that, that don't involve the kind of sex that they want or need, or they're not getting enough of the sex that they want or need. Um, and that is that is a relationship crisis. And it's, it's, it's yeah. not hard. It's, it's not easy to get out of that, that hard place. Um, but it's work that I find really, really rewarding. And um, yeah, I just want to do it until the day I die. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. So if people are interested in learning more about your practice, 
Where should they go? They should go to MyeshaBattle.com. Will you spell that? It's M as in Mary, Y-I-S-H-A, Battle, B-A-T-T-L-E, dot com. And that has my information about sex and dating coaching. It has links to my podcast, to my writing, um, and any appearances and workshops that I'm doing as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So since I have you here today, oh, wait, um, also... Um, and I wanted to ask you just because you mentioned it, uh, off mic that you might be thinking about writing a book as well. Yes, that is correct. Do you want to give us a little teaser for, um, the teaser and what I've sort of been rolling with as the concept. So if there are any literary agents listening, um, hit me up, (laughs) um, is basically the KonMari of sex. So oh. <laughs> looking like at... Like the life-changing magic of tidying up your sex life? Right. Yes. And really, it's, it's all about... Um, the concept is all about the self-knowledge that it takes to even apply the ethics of, you know, all of the things that, that you and I talk very... And we talked at length about um, with each other, about these these there's there's there are points in every single relationship where you can um assert what you need and there's space for negotiation of getting what you want without being a fucking asshole (laughs) and so the book would be like a way for people to explore it through you know exercises and things that would be in the book um what are their true core values what are their true needs sexually Mm. And how to convey those to a partner in a way that respects the fact that they're another person as well and that they have needs and that they have wants. And to try to encourage that sort of, you know, the little drip drop that turns into a river that can flow out into the ocean of hopefully more um, satisfied and responsible adults doing whatever and whomever the fuck they want. (laughs) You know, like, can we just all have that without um you know coercion and um deceit and cheating and lying and all of the things that come with engaging with people on a regular basis but i think i think we're ready for that we talk about mindfulness in Mm. day-to-day lives we need to be more mindful in our sex lives totally oh yes okay well (laughs) i'm ready to read the book um so somebody out there listening should publish it Thank you. I would um, love that. Um, in the meantime, since I have you here, yes, I would love for us to play a little rapid fire version of Why Are People Into That? Since it seems like you have a very, a wide knowledge and also maybe like a, like a pedagogy or approach to different elements of sexuality that um that might be new and refreshing hell yeah let's do it let's do it okay so um, i'm gonna i'm gonna start with one that i think from what i have read by you and about you um might be in your wheelhouse okay and uh this is one that i have done an episode about before with ignacio rivero um several years ago and uh my question for you is why are people into squirting oh yeah i knew you were gonna ask (laughs) um people I mean, is it the uh, uh, the recipient or the person who? Okay, both. Okay. Either. So I'd like to address this as a squirter. Um, 
I am into squirting because it is a it is a different sexual sensation mm. from anything else that I can experience. So it's not a it's it's not required. It's not expected. Mm. But when it happens, it is it is a sensation that is full body. It's deeply relaxing um, to be with a partner who appreciates the squirt Mm -hmm. is it builds intimacy and connection um you know I've had people like drinking the fluids and there's there's nothing more sexy to me than than that and um I mean this goes back into like and and I guess I can speak to the to like the history of squirting where you know there are like ancient Indian texts where this is this is like spirit water basically like to drink (laughs) to drink the fluids from a woman as she is coming is like that that's your that's your mission you know that's your goal and that that fuels you so there's like this kind of deep deeper connection um that uh, that i've found but um but also with partners i think there's like you know i mean there's not a lot of um solid markers of a female orgasm mm. uh so much so that you know there's like people who 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 do fake or whatever right um for whatever reason and you know if you like to fake cool you know um agreed but uh but i think it's this this uh, an equalizer for for the male body and the female body and men aren't my my partners are primarily men Men aren't used to that, mm. and it it's uh, it's it seems very satisfying to them. Yeah, because you're like taking up space and you're being uninhibited, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's I think it's I think it's great, and um, it, it's also for me personally. Yeah, uh, I'm into it because I know that when I squirt and I squirt a lot. Um, it's because my pelvic floor is really strong. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pr- I'm proud of that. Yeah, it's like weightlifting. Yeah, it's like when you when you like achieve like a fitness goal and yeah. you're like hell yeah I'm super strong. Exactly, I'm like go body, you know. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Well, agreed. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> um, that checks out. Um, uh, next up is why are people into dirty talk? Ooh, well, people are into dirty talk. For a lot of reasons, um, I I would say that for me, dirty talk is appealing because it I'm a, I'm a verbal person, mm. and um, I have probably been more turned on by what someone has said to me or written to me than maybe anything they could do to me. Cool, and. And that is because I don't know. I like were you know the the <laughs> even if it, it doesn't play out the way that it does, I think that um, the saying like word is bond, like yeah, it's like you're you're saying something to me that you want or that you expect or that you desire, and that takes a lot of guts. And even if it doesn't happen, like I said. The fact that you verbalized it, you got it out of brain, mm-hmm. it went through critical thinking, <laughs> it, you know, it got mushed around and then it came out as like, I want to eat your pussy till you come. 
awesome. Like that's that's great. Like that that takes a lot. Um, and also, um, it people are into it because it's on some level safer. Yeah, true. So I mean, you could consider dirty talk a safer sex practice. Agreed. Yeah. So I mean fucking is fucking is fucking and if you're telling someone all the things you want to do to them and that includes whatever kind of sex you're into yeah you can say you fuck them um yeah you can't get knocked up by a sex that's right you can't yeah. get an sti yeah and um yeah so then there's there's the other part of of um language that i really appreciate and that's tone and delivery oh shit <laughs> And that is another, that's like another way um, to be turned on because uh, playing with that and using that, taking up that, that um, auditory space mm. with someone with the intention of sexual arousal um, is, is super, super hot. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, now that you're now that you're saying that, you know, I, I don't know if I had even, have, you know, I do so much work around dirty talk. And I, I really appreciate that you brought up tone, essentially, because it makes me think of, you know, like performance and acting or um, or making music or, or anything like that, like art that you make with your body. Um, and in a way, working with tone and being aware of the effect that tone has with someone is kind of a way about being really grounded in the moment. Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of cheesy, but, um, uh, like in acting, you know, acting is reacting and, uh, you... I think everybody knows. I mean, even just now when you like dropped your um, your voice a few octaves, uh, you know, I think that uh, you can imagine that when somebody talks to you that way, they're like zeroing in on you. Right. And the rest of the world is melting away and it's it's seductive and it's about attention. Um, and that is really appealing and an amazing thing that language can do. Yeah. I agree. And it, it also creates, like I said, this, this space, like you, you know, you mentioned it, it, it hones in on what the intention of the moment is. And so much so that if I delivered a different kind of line in that voice, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't really make sense. Right. Like when I use that voice, the intention behind that voice is, is sensual is mm. to to mm. try to coax something out of someone else i'm not going to necessarily use that language to ask did you get your laundry from the laundromat yet <laughs> did you get it i mean although it could you can still be hot you can't i mean especially if you're like in service to somebody then, right you know or yes. you're like giving someone an order or humiliating them right or right anything like that but but your point still stands <laughs> Part part of why that is so, part of why it is so sexy that chores can be sexy when they are sexy is because of the contrast of the like mundanity of um, right. uh, something that is uh, not at face value right. erotic and transforming it into something erotic. Mm -hmm. And cool. you can do that through tone. 
Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Next up. Okay. Why are people into threesomes? Mm. People are into threesomes because it, I mean, unless threesomes is your primary sex, uh, I guess, configuration or, mm. um, it is a way to introduce another element, a whole lot of other elements rather by adding another person. Totally. Um, and they're into it for lots of different reasons. Some might be into threesomes for the experience of pleasure that they cannot get with a single body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are just logistically things you can do with two additional people that you can't do with one additional person. Like having somebody sit on your face while you're getting fucked. Exactly. Just for instance. Hypothetically. Yes. Um but then there's also this element of experiencing pleasure with those two people. And, you know, for some, you have a primary mm. partner who you're bringing in a third. And in that case, it's seeing that person in a different sexual context yeah. and appreciating what that is for them, that that pleasure of someone else with someone else from someone else. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, and then sometimes people are into threesomes because it gives them material for later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, lots of different different reasons to like a threesome. Agreed. Is lonely. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Lovers are cold on the phone. The mood out in the hall ain't fantastic. Air feels static, not dramatic. When we were talking earlier, you were talking about a particular porn movie that had a big effect on you that involved two women in a hot tub. Yes. And you mentioned that you have gravitated towards slippery (laughs) porn ever since. So that made me think, that made me want to ask you, why are people into sploshing now? Do you know what sploshing is? I know what sploshing is. Cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's your, I'm curious what if you feel like you know sploshing is sometimes called wet and messy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like food play. So sometimes it's about the food, but sometimes it's about the messiness. So like I think that potentially like lube wrestling or mud wrestling um could be maybe like under the umbrella of wet and messy, even yes. if it's not edible. Yeah. And so for me personally, I'll just clarify that like I'm all about some like um, massage room porn mm. um, and I'm all about Nuru. That crazy. Do you know? What I don't know what Nuru is. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so I've far you tell me about it. dinosaurs and what, what is I've it? I've never tried it, but um, 
it is the substance like a lube but it is very viscous it's it's clear and you can put usually the the scenes that i've seen um there's like a uh plastic uh inflatable like floaty thing that's put down on the floor yeah and so then one person is on it kind of covered in this nuru substance and then another person like slides on them (laughs) and like you know like sliding up and down in different areas with different parts of their body um and sounds great it does and the thing is is that you need the space and you need to be able to like right. clean up after that. Yeah. And I just haven't had an opportunity to, to indulge, but, um, so, th- so, so those are two very, you know, particular things. It's like the massage, the tactile and that for splashing, I think is it's similar yeah. where there's this sensation that's new and with splashing, maybe it's more particular. I saw this one, um, uh, photo book that was just asses in in wedding cakes it was photos of asses going into wedding cakes and um super specific but like if if that's your thing I think like you kind of probably gravitate towards a type of sensation right um where cake is really popular or um like bowls of spaghetti or something that you are like oh this is a thing and I think it's the same with um, with Nuru where I love getting massages in yeah. general yeah, and I same. love like being lubed up and all that when when I'm being massaged so taking that into a sexual level for me I'm like it's a familiar sensation I really like it yeah and I can associate I can like push it a little bit farther into this realm of like this would be great you know I, yeah. I know what I would feel and it would be great you know I have so many questions about Nuru yeah so uh is it what what is it made of I have no idea so do you think that it's like body safe like is it I is it Google like it. is it genital safe is my my main question um I've definitely seen it go in genitals yeah um and uh, I would imagine it would probably be some kind of silicone base but i'm i'm looking it yeah, up right now i want i want to know the the like sex geek in me is like i haven't is seen this any- a toxic material right i haven't seen anybody use it um uh with a toy uh so i don't know like you know how you can't really use silicone with a silicone toy <gasps> right or whatever. right yeah i haven't really seen that um i'm I don't know if this is going to come up. But can you like buy like a gallon of it on the internet? You know, I haven't delved into it this deeply. And Googling Nuru sex doesn't turn any. I mean, it turns up videos. But let me see if it's like lube. What does it stand for? Nothing. It's the word. Yeah. Like if you Google Nuru massage gels. Oh, Okay, and then the, okay, so there's <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's Nuru Gel Premium, then Nuru Sheets and a mattress protector. Nice. Okay, wet Nuru concentrated you can get at Walmart. Oh, what the what in the absolute fuck? I mean, okay, so bear with me, it's loading. I'm sorry. Uh, this is like a a. A gallon container. Oh, I think I'm I'm getting in- interference with yeah, the phone. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, okay, if I can. Okay, body on body massage gel. Can you even? Um, I just want you to verify that this is on the Walmart. 
um, website. Wow. And it's like a, yeah. Wow. Oh, it's made. It's, it's that's the wet and wild, um, uh, logo. Okay. So it is at least made by one lube company. So, so, so this is not just water, like the, water based. Oh, so it's water based. Is there, is there sugar in it? Glycerin? In Probably. It? If there's glycerin in it, you should not put it in your cunt. No giant giant action. <laughs> um, well, this is really fascinating. So I guess um, a little something about me. <laughs> y- yeah, no. Um, thank you. I, I mean, I really. This is why having people who are actual experts on the show is so nice because I like. I'm sure I've seen it in porn, and I guess I probably assumed that it was lube. And I'm wondering also, like, what is different about it from lube? Um, and if it's water-based, then it's not oil. It's so weird. Like, a lot of the videos that I've seen, um, they will be very, like, uh, generous with it, you know? And it's <laughs> so much, there's so much of it. Yeah. And, like, even just, like, collecting it off someone's body and, like, letting it drip down back onto them it's it's yeah. that viscous yeah yeah um that does sound <laughs> interesting and unique i'm so into it <laughs> Wait, but you've it. never actually bought it and played with it no i mean that is one thing that porn can do is if you are if you have a production budget or even just uh, you know, a focus on creating a production, then you can um either create a space in your home or have a space in a studio where you can get wet and messy and also have a place that you can clean up. Right. Um. So, but it seems like if you're so into it, <laughs> you should probably try it. Like, I, I know. don't know, maybe in like the presidential suite of a hotel oh, in Washington, D.C. Maybe. <laughs> Got to see if there's a Walmart nearby. I'm sure, I'm sure that you can, I'm sure that you could find, you could Amazon Prime that shit. Sorry, we're Perhaps. not supported by Walmart or Amazon. No. Um, uh, I'm sure, I, I, actually, I find it interesting that it's not something that I see at like your regular sex positive sex toy store Mm -hmm. maybe it should be yeah well that's the thing that leads me to suspect that it might not be that body safe but i'm gonna i'm gonna ask my friends at the pleasure chest what the what the deal is with nuru yeah okay so this is another uh, i mean this is kind of this consumer health digest um nuru gel only contains four different ingredients these ingredients include uh thistle milk thistle Hmm. um the plant extract contains vitamin E, um, fumaric acid, lutein, tryptophan, acetate, and various other substances that provide health benefits in the human body. So I don't know. The health benefits I of know. Make, getting you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of which there are plenty. We are doing some investigative reporting Deep here, dive. folks, and <laughs> I hope that you are as entertained by it as I am. Um, well, thank you for introducing me to this new concept. And also, it's, it is it is nice to hear you talk uh, about um, it as something that like brings you so much pleasure to voyeur to. Oh, yeah. 
And it, it is also interesting to think about the voyeurism of porn when there is something that is so extremely about creating a unique sensation. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, sex is about creating all kinds of sex are about creating unique sensations. But when there is something that is like, um, like so visceral um, about the material that is being used yeah. and like the action that is created by um that material it kind of reminds you of what the benefits of porn are that you get to enjoy watching voyeuring witnessing something and then you know like somebody else cleans it up for you yeah also it does sound like playing around in a giant puddle of cum (laughs) i mean let's (laughs) let's sorry to bury the lead there but it sounds like a substance that is like synthetic cum. Yeah, I'm thinking about it um, in in a different way right now. Where I'm I'm thinking about um, the fact that I have always loved shower sex mm. and like hot tub sex and pool sex and this this slipperiness. And I think it just is like a a way to facilitate that that is. Um, not as chafing. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you have any as a as a purveyor of um of water sex? Do you have any uh, tips for um? Because it it speaking of things that look better that are like more fun to watch than they are to do. Um, but I but I definitely. I mean, I love I love shower sex and I love hot tubs. Um, yeah. and you know every um. Every sex worker at some point has to try to recreate the the dolphin sex scene from. Um, um, <laughs> I did not see that coming from Showgirls. You don't think? Listen, when I think of sex in water, oh the God. first thing I think of is Kyle MacLachlan and Elizabeth Berkley in Showgirls. Okay, word, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, how do you keep it from, from chafing? Just lube, lots of lube. Yeah, um, prepping. Uh, having more activity happen outside Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. prior to trying to penetrate inside the water yeah but I mean you know it's hard and plus like once you get going you're losing some of that lubrication so um quickie you know okay yeah just make it quick (laughs) just just make it quick and uh hopefully it won't be as as chafing yeah yeah awesome okay I want to do maybe like one or two more. Do you want to pick cool. from my list of sure. choices? I so. like this element of surprise, though. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, then we'll, I'll just I'll just keep going and I'll, okay. I'll keep picking. Um, uh, okay, so why are people into sex shops? Ooh, yeah. Now, and I just, I just want to clarify mm-hmm. that when we talk about people being into something, um, they're, okay, how do I want to say this? Like, there's getting a thrill, like a sexual thrill from going to a sex shop. Um, and then there's also just like the like being into them and 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 liking them and liking to shop there whether it's actually like a strictly like erotic experience or not and what i'm not necessarily talking about is like going into a sex shop and 
like with the intention of like getting really turned on, you know, obviously I do not endorse getting really turned on in a sex shop and like trying to involve the people who are working there or the other customers in your, like trying to uh, involve them unconsensually in your fantasy of the excitement of being there. Um, you know, back in the day, sex shops used to have booths and places to cruise um, that's like maybe its own, its own thing. But, um, you know, setting aside, let's assume that we're not talking about, uh, unconsensual exploitative, um, behavior in a sex shop. But what are some of the ways that people could be into sex shops without taking advantage of anybody else? Yeah. I, I am one of those people who is into sex shops and, um, and have a, a long history with sex shops prior to even the the ones that are women friendly mm-hmm. today that we know and love um and i can so i can speak to why i was into those male dominated spaces mm-hmm. and um and being there and and definitely feeling like everyone there was was doing something in secret mm. and um and how i I enjoyed that yeah. aspect of it as well. Um, there was a place in um, in Oakland that I went to with one of my partners, and they did have the booths in the back. I oh, did some cool. research, and so I've had sex in a porn sh- shop. Um, That's fun. Before. <laughs> um, sleazy. It was sleazy, and sometimes the girl goes sleazy. I'm just saying. It's sometimes. Like, sometimes the girl. I've read about it in books. Goes, yeah. <laughs> Um, well what is hot about about sleaze because in some ways like in some ways you know sleaze i think is like a pejorative word and um uh you know there are lots of reasons to avoid sleaze if what sleaze means is like again like some you know something that is like unclean or um some again I, I guess like in some ways you can associate sleaze with like people who are out to try to like take advantage of you yeah. or like make you uncomfortable right um so then what is there to sort of like reclaim and enjoy about things that are seedy or sleazy yeah that's a good sub question to this um and i think for me uh again i can only speak from my experience that um my community has been rich with sleaze I mean (laughs) since I was a kid I grew up in the rural south and you know people aren't doing things on the up and up right all the time and there's this element of you know you kind of do what you got to do to get what you want done Mm. and Mm. um, sometimes that's going into a back alley to do something yeah (laughs) and so I don't know I I uh uh you talked about you know getting um getting somebody older than you to buy you booze and porn yeah in our conversation and i was the girl who would go into the wine store where i knew older guys and and flirt with them and have them give me you know handles of booze and things like that it's it's sleazy it's sleazy it's It's a sleazy sleazy thing to do life but i love it well you know but also (laughs) but uh sleaze life sleaze life forever yeah um uh you know what's interesting about that simple scenario that you were just describing is that 
probably most people would assume that the person, um, you know, we don't endorse buying things for minors that they cannot buy for themselves. Um, however, we did um, do that as minors. Yes. Um, so we're just speaking from our own experience. That's right. Um, and uh, I think that most people would probably say that someone who buys alcohol for a minor is themselves being sleazy. Right. But because um, there, it does seem like there's a power dynamic at work in sleaze. So maybe part of what is fun to be a woman or, or to be somebody who has been, has been like marginalized by the power dynamic that um, produces sleaze or, or it, it continues to be in real um uh, danger from the potential violence or discomfort um, or aggression of sleaze. So to sort of top from the bottom a little bit mm-hmm. and to be like, well, I'm going to like be sleazy so that you can't say that it was your idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that goes back to the, the, um, the nature of the, the, the shops that I would go to, um, later on in life where I was like, you know, I, I know the story here. I know everybody's embarrassed and mm. you're not going to look me in the eye. And, um, you know, there's going to be some, some eyes darting in my direction. And I was usually the only female yeah. patron. Um, I was like, I had a membership to one store because they had, you know, videos that you could rent. And I was just like showing my membership card. There was a power in being in this space that was um, predominantly for men who had this like, um, you know, yeah, they were all kind of shameful and I could be powerful. I love that. Was was this, was this where you grew up in the rural South? They had the membership. No, this this was in in Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. You know, um. Was it on 56 and Telegraph? It was on 56. I mean, it was on Telegraph, but... uh... There was just one... I almost lived above a sleazy porn shop on... I think it was 56 and Telegraph. Yeah, if you're heading into... uh, If you're heading into Berkeley from Oakland, it was on the right-hand side of the street. Yeah, And it was kind of near where the... Like Like the Ethiopian restaurants? Yeah, maybe, but more so I remember it being part of like the... What is now like little Koreatown that is in Oakland now. Oh, maybe. It has its own neighborhood name now that is is hip and chic. I think it's like NoCo. Oh, God. Uh Uh-huh. But, um... But yeah, it's it was in that area. I want to say closer to the forties because I lived at thirty first and Telegraph. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I would I would definitely be able to to jog up there and get my get my viewing <laughs> material. <laughs> um, I I love that, and um, you know, it's interesting hearing you describe like striding into a space that is supposed to be reserved for men or that is supposedly designed for men where most of the people in there are men um, and being comfortable and confident and saying, I deserve to be here too. Or I just like, I want to be here and I can and getting your own thrill out of that 
that's definitely something that I can relate to. It really doesn't feel that different from walking into a comic book store or a record store. Like, obviously, uh, women belong in comic book stores, women belong in record stores, but even today, it's just more common for men to be confident consumers in those specialty places. So to walk in as a woman um, and make everybody else uncomfortable is definitely something that is a pastime that I enjoy. It sounds like we have that in common. Yeah. And I, and I think that um, for, for lots of very good reasons, the female friendly sex shop opened up to counteract that barrier that a lot of women felt yeah in accessing those things right but um you know there's still there's a still still a good handful of um sex shops that have that more seedy element around um but i just uh it it really depends on what kind of experience you're looking for and i guess i haven't been into a a seedy Mm. sex shop in a long time Mostly because of now that I'm an educated consumer, right? My I want to spend my dollar on things that are body safe and a Absolutely. lot of the things in that are being carried in the CDs. I mean, hey, if you own a CD sex shop that is like uh, only carrying uh, pleasure products that are uh, body safe and um, you know worth my investment, get at me. But uh, <laughs> until then, I'm you know I'm gonna go with the other with the other spots so even if you're going into a place that okay so like my, my last question about sleaze is um <laughs> uh i think that maybe there are some folks who um feel like the sex positive women-friendly feminist indie sex toy shops um are lacking in that sleaze and um I think that, yeah, there is something to the authentic sleaze. It's kind of like hate fucking, right? Right. Like, like if you're going into a place that, like, is really um, sleazy and when you do see, like, toxic toys, it is, it, it is a little bit like, oh, yeah, this is the real shit. Like, people really <laughs> do not care about yeah. my vaginal health here. Like, th- this, you know, th- this is like, uh, you know, I'm not role-playing. This is really bad. Um, uh, but I do think that a lot of the thrill of going into a place like that is stuff that you can definitely get from a place that is, uh, like, that does care about those things and does care about like about being queer friendly about being anti-racist about education Mm -hmm. about community um and that one of the big thrills is just that we're we're not supposed to talk about sex um Mm -hmm. you know this is something that maybe you and i can forget sometimes because it's our jobs to talk about sex but um i'm sure you encounter with your clients how difficult it is to even just you know, have that conversation or have that conversation in public to admit to being a sexual being in public. So when you walk into a sex toy store, whatever you're shopping for, you're admitting that you're curious. Right. And that can be thrilling. Yes, I agree with that. And the first, um, so that, that, that CD, those CD places, I just rented porn and 
talk to them, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, thank you very much. Um, but the first vibrator I ever bought was from Good Vibrations. Cool. And I think that that, w- that is, in my mind, like, it does show where my comfort level was um, mm. with engaging with product. Like right. porn, for some reason, you grab a sleeve, you tell the guy, you know, they yeah. pull the DVD. Just rent in a video. Just rent in a video. Um, but uh, with with being hands-on with a product and trying to decide what was right for me, yeah, I definitely feel like those spaces um, provided me with a comfort level where I could – I could reach, I could grab, I Mm. could, you know, look, I could turn things on. And, you know, yes, your heart is racing because you're just like, I don't know, you know, for the first time ever touching a vibrator, like you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And, and, um, you know, having that experience within a safe environment felt really good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes being into something sexually is about the thrill that it gives, but also sometimes being into something sexually is about the way that it's affirming and makes you feel comfortable or safer or encouraged to explore. Yeah. 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 And the difference is a little bit of that, um, you know, the dirt and the seed Mm. doesn't invite touch. That's Whereas true. the clean, well lit place, mm. which is the which is good vibrations tagline, um, that does invite exploration and curiosity and touch and experimentation, and and that yeah, that is thrilling. Totally, yeah. Maisha, I have learned a lot from you today. <laughs> yes. I'm excited about that. Um, it reminds me of when Merit Kay was on the show uh, when we talked about cocksucking, and at one point she was like. She, she brought up this sort of fan, this like internet fan fiction thing called the Omegaverse. And I, I didn't know what she was talking about. And she was like, yes, like a stump <laughs> Tina Horn. Um, and it's true. It's nice that there's something new under the sun. Um, Nuru? Yeah, Nuru. Nuru. N-U-R-U. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to investigate. I'm going to tweet about Have it fun. actually and be Have like, fun. yeah. <laughs> apparently um so if people want to find out more about your work um they can check out myishabattle.com that's right they should subscribe and download to down for whatever um and you are on twitter and instagram yes i am at myishabattle cool um any anything else you want to direct people to uh no not right now thank you so much for having me tina i really appreciate it thank you this has been really fun and yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna look up dinosaurs and Nuru and I guess you could combine those things. Anyway, okay, now I'm uh, getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. That's good. Okay. The things I'm dreaming of from my station. A vacation. New locations. Interrobang is produced and hosted by yours truly, Tina Horn. Our theme music is by my brother from another mother, Moot. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.